This morning, what I thought we would do, you know, Cliff and I talk a lot about this Bible study program that we teach twice a year in the church. And so I thought that this is material that I teach quite a bit. And, and so I thought we would spend a little bit of time. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going we're gonna to engage a passage for just a second. And I'm going to show you my perspective of why I study the Bible. Okay, uh, And then... I'm going to kind of share with you the page. Can, can I get an amen that I finally brought a, a note page for the one time I taught in here? That, you are welcome, yes. And so what I did is I went downstairs and I, I made a short version of our Bible study program. That's what you have on, on, your, uh, on your table there. I apologize. There are a couple of typos I just recognized in there, and it cut the right edge off of it, but all the words are there. So I have a few of the color copies that we pass out when we teach the class with me. If you really want one, I'm glad to, glad to hand that out at the end of the class if you'd like to see it. Um, so we're going to go over just a little bit of that, too, and then we're going to kind of do this process together. Uh, we've done a little bit of that. We're going to kind of take a little bit further this morning in a, in a, in a in a passage that um, I just love in Matthew chapter 11, the, the come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. We're going to go back into that one. So that's kind of our plan today, and uh, we'll just kind of dig right into it. So this is going to be a participation class with however many people we got in here. What, we got 100 and some odd in here today? So everybody's going to participate. So again, I don't have a clock. We're going to get out here at four. So uh, we'll get ready and go. Is that all right with y'all? Sure. Doug, Doug said he'd bring in lunch. So uh, that's good. Yeah. Um, something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Think of me, I would like, always like to present it this way. Here's the thing about Bibles. When you look at this program, one of the most common responses that I see in people's eyes is, oh my goodness, this is so much, all right? It's really not. Most of what we're going to show occurs intuitive, intuitive I can't even say it. Can it be intuitive? You can't say it? All right. Occurs intuitively as you practice this process. We wrote it down, Cliff and I, so that, you could see kind of the processes that we mean, but I promise this will start to develop. When I, whenever I teach a class, I use this program. Now, you know, we, you know Cliff is a, is a biblical scholar. He'll always know more than me. I'm a, a, biblical, a biblical student, right? I, I, I love the Bible. I love digging into this word and seeing what it can present to me. And what you're going to see in here is that there's not a passage anywhere in the Bible that you cannot read, and if you slow down, that's kind of the, the paradigm shift here, if you slow down, there's not a part of this that you cannot engage and uncover what um, one question. Okay, I'm going to put one question on the board. Oh, good, we have a couple of markers. I didn't even check that up. So here's the question. You might write this on the top of your sheet. This is the one question that we always engage when we're doing Bible study. This is the question. What did it mean to the original reader? When you can answer that question, that's when you have the truth of the passage. It's a great, great way to keep yourself in check. What would that have meant to the original reader? Okay, so here, let's start off. I'm going to go over to uh, Proverbs chapter 2. Okay, and we're going to practice part of what we've done in class together when I've presented other, other passages. But we're going to kind of look, um, look at this together. All right. Now, now all I'm going to do right here is just one step. We're going to do a little bit of observation. I'm going to let you guys kind of chime in and see what you think. All right, so let's read this passage together. And this is, this is going to help me explain why I think this is so important, this Bible study concept. And, and again, here's a great question. I know Cliff asked this question. I ask it a lot. You may have heard it a hundred times, but somebody may not. How many of you believe that studying the Bible is important? 
Come on with that, all right? How many of you have been told by your churches that studying the Bible is important? How many of you have actually been taught how to study the Bible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the people have been in my class. Hello again. Yeah, so, uh, so uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's why we do this. All right? Cliff, Cliff uh, mentioned this to a number of, of uh, preachers at a big uh, event he, that he was invited to speak at. And when he asked the question, where's your program in your church to teach people how to study the Bible, suddenly everybody was interested in the floor. And so, you know, was <laughs> looking under the table and stuff. And that's not being critical. It's just we just don't take the time to teach. So that's why Cliff and I are so committed to this. So anyway, let's start with this program right here, or this uh, passage, rather. And let's read through it. And what I want you to do, you're, you have one goal in this time, is to capture, find something that captures your attention, Okay. We call these observations. So let's read it together. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commands within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry out for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. All right. Kind of look over that a second. I'm going to read it one more time. Let your mind go wherever you want to. What are things in that passage that you think you might want to try to understand? What do you think would be important to understanding these passages? Okay, and I'll give you a hint in a minute. Let's read it one more time. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures... Then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Anybody want to un understand the knowledge of God in here? Can I get an amen on that one? All right. Yeah. Don't you wish God would just part the ways and, or the clouds and look down and go, hey, Chris, turn left. All right. Yeah. But if he did, what would you do? I'm like, no, I'd freak out. Yeah. So we really don't want him to do that, do we? Yeah. So here's a, this is another way to look at it. So let's just kind of open this up a little bit. Raise your hand. What in this captures your attention? What in this do you think would be important to understanding? Yes. Understanding is repeated, so. Nice. Listen to wisdom. The word understanding is repeated. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to put times there, okay? Somebody, yeah, Doug. Uh, fear of God, fear of the Lord and knowledge of God are not accidental. You have to seek them. You have to work. Yes. So the fear of the Lord, so we're, I'm going to put fear of the Lord, okay? How do you spell? There we go. L-O-R-D. And uh, that's, that's not an A. That's, that would not be good. All right. Fear of the Lord and knowledge. Okay. I'm going to put a K because I don't want to spell that word of God. Okay. Interesting. Those two words are. Isn't that interesting? It's kind of. Yes. Okay. Willingness. Awesome. Oh, that's a great one right there. Give, I say give that man a cigar, but I don't think you can say that in church, can you? So, <laughs> nine verbs. We're going to go into that in just a second. I was hoping somebody would catch that. Great job. Yes, in the back. Intentionality. Okay. I'm going to put an I there because I don't think I can spell that this morning. Intentionality. All right. <laughs> I'm intentionally not going to spell that today. Yes. Yes, right here. My son. My son. Isn't that cool? My son. 
You know, that, that's an interesting perspective. Let's, let's, let's take that for just a second. Because one of the things that we do when we study the Bible, any passage, understanding and asking what we call, and we're going to get into these in just a second, definitional questions about the who, what, when, where, not the why. That's a different part of it. But the who, what, when, who's in here, who are the characters, and all that kind of stuff. That's important to do here. And that, this one right here gives me an interesting perspective in my mind when I think about it. So who wrote Proverbs? Who wrote this Proverbs? This is Proverbs chapter 2. So chances are Solomon, okay, right? So we know that. We know that Solomon wrote it. What do we know about Solomon? That's right. Wise dude, okay? So as far as 1 Kings 3, I think it is, says the wisest man who ever lived, right? According to what God said, no one will ever be wiser. Okay, so you ever want to know what the wisest man in the world would ever say to you? Read Proverbs chapter 2, okay? Yes. What sticks out to me in this part of Solomon 2 is treasure. I mean, he's rich, but he uses treasure as a verb and as a noun. Nice, treasure. Treasures used as a verb and a noun, and also Solomon had a lot of treasure. That's a, that's a very interesting perspective. That's a great observation. That's the cool part about observation. Let your mind, don't, don't try to identify it the same moment and, and in the same moment uh, define it, okay? C- capture all of your observations and go from there. Yes? What does it mean? Okay, that's good. So what do the words seek? Oh, why female? Okay. It's been personified, right? Wisdom is personified as female. Okay, why, uh, seek and what is the other one? Search. Very good. And what, we'll just put that as... I'm just going to... We're going to go with F. Okay, there we go. Huh? Okay, go ahead. Oh, women are smarter. Okay. Thank you. See you next week. All right. <laughs> yeah, yes, in the back. Yes, cry for discernment. That's awesome. Cry um, for discernment. Yes? Is Kiseth a male noun where it says her? Her. Oh, it may be. I don't know. We'd have to look at I'm not going to go find out right now because there's too many ladies in here. We've already established they're smarter, but yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's a great point, and maybe it is a, a masculine noun. All right, yes, right here. Sorry. I, I noticed the, the if-then statement. Yes. If receiving treasure, it was fine. And fine. Uh-huh. If cry and lift, if seek and search, then desire and discover. That's a great comment. Okay, now, what we do... What I'm going to do is I'm going to tie that to this in just a moment, okay? Go ahead. Somebody else? Yes, in the back. Wisdom. All about wisdom, okay? I look like a madman when I ride on the board, don't I? So it's okay. Wisdom uh, is, the, is, uh, is the fear of the Lord is what he said. The Lord. Okay, now here's my point about these observations. First of all, did you find something in this? How many of you read this before? Okay. How many of you saw something you've never seen before in this? Now, that always happens. I, I have been presenting this passage many times, many times. And this morning, I caught something I'd never... I kind of had caught it, but it hadn't really rattled my brain a whole bunch. This morning, it really rattled my brain as I was thinking through it. So let's, we've got all this. My point is, look at how much we uncover. 
There is so much in here that you can go through and identify. And all of these things are great about teaching and instruction. And this is the way I think the word ministers to it. This is the way, you know how it is when you read something in the passage and it almost always applies to your life that particular day? You know, maybe not in Daniel when it's talking about the three-legged goat and, the, you know, the crown. I don't know how you do that one, but, uh, but, but there's still some stuff in there, right? I'm kidding. It does. It does apply, all right? So when we read this stuff and we're able to uncover it, we have great stuff. So let's look at this. Let's do, I'm going to pull back to two things real quick that, that really capture my attention, all right? The nine verbs, okay? So let's, let's list the nine verbs. So my son, if you what? Receive, okay? And what's the second one? Treasure. Interesting, that's a verb, right? What's the third one? Make. What's the fourth one? Incline. Fifth. Call out or cry. Cry, okay, what's the next one? Lift. What's the next one? Seek. Any more? Search. And nine is... Discern. Uh, discern. Oh, and, and the tenth one, dis- discover. And what I'm, um, and where I was going is that I should have said before ch- verse five is what I meant to say. Sorry, I missed that. So look at that. So one of some of the questions, you know, we have we have definitional questions that you'll see in there. There's also implicational questions and ra- rational questions, and then implicational questions. All right. Now when we see all of these verbs right here. What is the, what is the verse, first word, somebody's already said it, of verse five? Then. What is the implication of then compared to these other verbs? The, the result, right? The then is the result of what? All of these. So the rationale of this, maybe, okay, we can go to is, what is... What's the rationale? Why is Solomon speaking these words? I, you know, when I, when I think about this, I don't know why, I just had this vision of, of Solomon, this really wise dude, and he's sitting down somewhere, and these people have gathered around him. His sons will say, my son, if you, you know, and, and then he's just he's saying, man, he's just parlaying some of the best stuff he's got. He's really giving the wisdom out here. I, that's the visual I have for that. And he says, man, if you'll receive, if you'll treasure, make, incline, cry, live, seek, search, and, and discern. All of those things happen before what word? Then. All right? All of these things happen, then you will understand. Okay? So this is why I think what we do in Bible study is so important. Because I can't, does it make sense how I can't just read a passage one day and say what I think it means? Is that, is that seeking it and searching for it? And I'm not being critical when I say this. This is what I ask myself, Okay? I ask myself, how am I engaging God's word? Am I seeking it like the, in the movie with Nicolas Cage, um, you know, uh, National Treasure? Am I seeking God in that way? Seeking him like the treasure he is and search, or seeking him as, what, what does it seek as? I always get it backwards. Seek as silver, yeah, and search as a, as a hidden treasure. That's what I think this Bible study really does for us. And this is why I think it's so interesting. Now, the thing I caught this morning was, Look at the, um, that I hadn't, I think it was in the back of my head, but I hadn't really paid a lot of attention to it. Look at the intensity of these verbs. All right, so if you receive my words and you treasure my commands, okay, make your ear attentive, all right, the, 
if you incline your heart, these are, these are words of intensity, especially if you cry. Not just say, hey, I need a little bit of discernment, right? And that's, not how, that's not how Solomon prayed it back in that day when he prayed for wisdom. He cries out for discernment, right? If you lift your voice, you don't just speak it. What are you doing? Are you, are you whispering it? Hey, God, I, I need a little understanding. No, I need some understanding here. That's what he's saying. Sorry, a little loud. <laughs> but that's what he's doing. Um, if you seek it as silver, how would you seek silver? Seek God that way. If you search for his hidden treasure, how do you, how do you search for God? That's why I think this Bible is so, so incredibly important to me and why I want to try. Yes, Doug, go ahead. Ten verbs, the first eight are before then, the last two are after then. Mm-hmm. The first eight seem to be more aggressive verbs, the last two seem to be more passive verbs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That. I, never, I hadn't caught that yet myself. So, and then you'll discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. So, so, so what happened to you, mm-hmm. the other ones you're actively pursuing, then, yes. then it, and then these two things will happen to you. Yes. Very good. No, I, I think so. I've not studied that, the, the, the past active versus passive part of that. I've not, not looked into that. But that's a great point. Do you think that there, I mean, we just did a little bit of observation, but do you think when you look at this, the fear of the Lord and discover them. Is there other things that you could engage in this passage? That's my point. I, I, I have studied, um, I've said it many times, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 for probably five years now, and I'm still finding things in it. To me, this is why Cliff takes so long to go through a book. I mean, he does, doesn't it? You think it might be because it keeps giving to him? Yeah, he engages it. He seeks it like silver, right? He's searching for the hidden treasure in this word, and man, does it give to him. It gives to him in a powerful way, and he in turn gives it to us every Sunday. I think that's just so great, and that's what I like about this. Yes? One thing I just noticed, like, because I guess maybe everybody else knows, I don't know. When I see, like, treasure my commandments, uh-huh. I always think it's like God speaking, but it's not capital M. Is this Solomon? Say, say that one more time. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I just, I, when I say my, you know, receive my word, mm-hmm. my It's a great point. I mean, I, I think it is a, a little M. And, uh, and, and so my, my first impression of that, I've, not, I've thought about that. That's one of those little things in this thing I've not studied 100%. But again, remember this, understanding what kind of genre this, what kind of genre is Proverbs? Is it a narrative? Is it a letter? Is it poetry? What is it? It's poetry, right? So it's not literal language. It's flowing language of poetry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. God's flowing through him. Very well said. Yes. Yeah. Great, great observation. Great stuff. You like this? It helps me a lot. Yes, got a point here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I love that. You know, and, and I'll give you an illustration of this. And, and I've shared this story before in here. The one about uh, make your ear attentive to wisdom. I've, I've shared this, but it's, it's still the one that just captures my attention. My grandfather was 93 years old when he passed away. And he was, he was like my buddy. Right? He was a grand buddy. As much. He taught me how to drive. I was, I was, and my mom let me go work with him on an oil rig 
when I was seven years old, I was 13. My job was to put the water in the hole. How many, how many OSHA violations would that be right about now, right? <laughs> My mom is the most conservative individual you ever I think back on that, I'm like, what in the world? But because of it, I get bored out there, so he tossed me the keys, and he'd, I'd start his old one-ton gym pole truck. And by age 11, I was driving into town to get us lunch. I had to take my hand off the steering wheel to get it from second to third gear, right? And I'm, I'm driving this truck like this because I'm so, so, uh, it was, so he let me, we, we had a great time. But he was 93 years old when he passed away. And I'll never forget this. When I think about the phrase, make your ear attentive to, to understanding. My granddad had been, he'd been passing away and it was the last two days of his life. And he had not moved a muscle, right? You know, and he had that, that part where, you know, when the jaw starts dropping, you could hear that, that guttural sounds. You, I knew death was near in his life. And I wanted to be there when he passed. I wasn't. I just, I went home for a period of time and he passed when I was gone. But I was there with him and, I, and I'd been talking to him. And I mean, I'm, when I mean he had not moved for 48 hours, the only time his body moved was when the nurses came in and adjusted his body so that he wouldn't develop bed sores. And so he's there and I'm with him and I'm talking to him and I'm saying, man, granddad, it's okay. You lived a great life and I'm, we're here. We're going to be okay. It's okay to go. Because, um, and uh, that, was, that, that was a special time, you know. It was a little hard but I knew who he was, and so it was a special time for us to be there. And I remember Saturday morning, and it was about 4.30 in the morning. I'd been in that thing they call a bed that's not really a bed, it's really a chair, and it's really a torture chamber that they let you sit in the hospital, right? I'm in that thing, and I'm kind of asleep, but not really. And so all of a sudden, I look up, and Granddad moves his head like this. And I, went, I jumped up immediately, because I, I never, you know, I'm like, Granddad, you okay? You need to drink water? What, you know, you all right? And, and nothing. I mean, he, he, he was not cognizant of my presence at all. I'm like, how's he moving? What, what, is he in pain? I was trying to figure out what would cause him to, to move. And I look up, and my father was the uh, um, minister of music in the Churches of Christ. He, he led, we call it leading music in that church, for 70 years. He just retired. He's 86 now. Um, and he used to lead the program in Search of the Lord's Way with Mac Lyon. He used to direct the music on that program. And I look up on TV, and my dad is up there directing me. I, you know, I was kind of out of it. I looked up the TV, and there's Dad. He's leading this music, and there's this, this acapella, beautiful music that my granddad loved. And I look next to him, and that speaker for the bed is right next to him, and he was turning his ear to that. So the last movements of my grandfather, what a gift I was given, was his movement of his head. And I think about that verse, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Oh, man, that's why I like that passage so much. Choking up a little bit. Just got to give me a minute here. <laughs> that was my grand buddy. You know, that was good days. So my grandfather gave me a gift. The, mo- the last movements he made was in response to the music to God. Praise music. Oh, just love that. All right, so hopefully you'll never read that verse uh, the same way like I do. So, All right, let's do this. Let's change something else before I just flat out start bawling on stage up here, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Talking about my granddad, all right? Here we go. So let's talk a little bit about the Bible study program and what it can do. Now, this is what you have on your sheets, and I apologize. It didn't print as good as I wanted to, and again, there are a couple of typos that I get to go fix when we come here. But what this is is designed to be something very simple. It looks hard, like I said before, but it's really not. How am I doing on time? What time is it? Almost 10. Almost 10. Okay, so i got three hours left. We're good. All right, so... <laughs> All right. Hey, there's no football on. It's just baseball. I mean, we can go three hours, right? So. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's right. All right. So um, in this program, there are four icons, and you can see that one, two, three, and four. There are four. Let's list them. What's the first one? Pray. Okay. What's the second one? Observe. What's the third one? 
interpret. Okay, and what's the fourth one? Apply, exactly. Now, these are the four icons, basically, of any Bible study program. Now, what I'm going to share with you is a little bit of the, of the tweaks that Cliff and I put in there, and mostly Cliff, okay? <laughs> but I, I had a few things to say, right? So, that we put in here to try to help engage this process. Now, prayer is pretty obvious, but you know what? It's one of the things that we miss the most, I think, in, in Bible study, because what do we do? We sit down, we pick up the Bible, and we start studying, right? Let me see your Bible for a second. How many of you do this? How many of you in, on Sunday, have you ever done this? The old, I don't lose your, how many of you ever done that? Raise your hand. Oh, come on, you're in church. Show me. You. I mean, every one of us have done that, all right? So, and, and then you end up in Daniel in some obscure verse, and, and what do you do? Oh, that's not what you wanted. Let's go to a different one. Yeah. Surely you didn't want me to study Daniel today, right? It's Monday morning for crying out loud. Yeah, so uh, that's why that happens. So the point and flip thing. And so what I think is important to do, um, even if you're going to point and flip, is to pray first. And what you're doing is you're engaging the relationship. You're engaging the relationship in the midst of study. You're asking God. And I, I, my advice, journalize your prayer. I think I even put that on the sheet in there. Journal your prayer because when you come back and study these things, you're going to find things you never saw before. Uh, or you're going to find ways that God had, has shown up in your life and it will be an evidence of God in your life. And I think it's fascinating to do that. But write them down. I, I love that. Pray and God, teach me your ways. Teach me what you would have me to know today as I walk through this life, okay? That's that turning that ear to, uh, to wisdom thing. All right, second thing is observation. We've done a good job of this in this class. When I teach, I always love to hear your observations because you know what? This is a true statement. When I hear them, I always find something I need to go back to, all right? Because you'll point out something like, hey. You know, it's, that's one of those things the Bible was written 2,000 years ago. You're like, where did that come from? I hadn't been there before. I've read that verse my whole life and suddenly there are these new words in there I've never noticed. And so that's where, why, why I gain it, all right? The next part of an observation, here's the, here's the key to observation. Where is that black pen? Right here. Oh, there it is. Okay. Sometimes I wonder about myself. Okay, here we go. Observations. Here's the trick that I think that Cliff and I have figured out that really, really help this. Your observation um, are going to fall into two categories. They're either going to be grammatical in nature or they're going to be historical in nature. That's the cool part. All right, and if you can figure out which one you're dealing with, the resources are so easy. I wish I had time to go into them today. Bible Hub, which is this right here, is so simple for this. You've seen me use it. You just hover over the word. You have to be in this NASB version of this, a Strong's NASB version that you can see on the screen. You go to your verse, and then if you just touch the word, the entire, all, everything you want to know will come up on that particular word. Let me show you. Here it is. That is on, I think it's wisdom. Uh, I can't remember what word I picked. But anyway, this is everything you, on that one word. Okay, so there's, it's such a resource. Grammatically speaking, um, grammatically speaking, this is a, is a powerful, powerful tool for understanding verbs, parts of speech, understanding mood, all those filters that, I, that you see that, can you see under the, under the word grammatical? Those are all grammatical features, and you can utilize those. Understand the mood of that passage. Understand the parts of speech, the tense. Investigate those things, and you will, under, you will find meaning that get, lets you answer the one question. And what's our question? What did it mean to the original reader? If you can do that, and you can utilize that. Now, history, it's a little different, okay? Those are things like context that we were talking about. You know, Solomon wrote it. You know, what do we know about Solomon? Go back every time. Does... I found it important 
to not just say, well, I know Paul, okay? I've studied Paul my whole life. Uh Uh-uh. Go back and think about everything that you know about Paul (laughs) before you study it, okay? James, I did that with James in that first chapter of James. Man, it just sent that verse. I taught the lesson here on James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 a couple years ago. And man, it just, it exploded that passage. Just understanding what I knew about James and what he was doing. If you think about what's he doing, he's writing a letter, right? That goes out to people who are spread out all over the country. How much, how many letters do you think they got back in that day? Problem, this may have been the only instruction they ever had. How important is that letter? It's powerfully important, okay? That's, that's my point. So uh, that's what you get out of history. And, it, and, and I'll tell you, it just takes time, okay? So if you invest your time in it, now, I'd be careful about doing a Google search every time because we all know that everything's true on Google, right? But yeah, so yeah, you'll find out some things that'll shatter, shatter your faith if, you, if you're not careful. But the bottom line is go and find things and then I investigate and, and check them. Matter of fact, when I'm doing the, the grammatical things on BibleHub.com, I'll go over to BlueLetterBible.org, which are both of those, by the way, are free apps on, on the phones. And I'll check my resources, especially if I'm going to be teaching. And so, because I want to make sure I got captured the whole concepts. But you can get all of this information. And when you do that, when you, when you do this observation from the, from the perspective of being of grammatical and historical events, suddenly that question is going to start to come and fold. So what you're doing here really are your definitional questions, okay? Uh, definitional questions. We're going to leave it at that, okay? Definitional questions. What? Who? Who's in this, all right? So, um, and then the next one question, there's really just three sets of questions. This is the process, okay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna read, this is, where, this is where the reading starts. I need to say one thing about reading first. I'm sorry I got off track here. You can't just read it one time. If you read it one time, and, and, and these are Cliff's words, the, what, how does he say that? The words and opinions of Cliff Sanders are you know, that one. All right, so I'm gonna use that today. He, he, Cliff has said this when we've been in this class many times. He said that sitting in a circle and taking a passage and then going around and asking each person what that means to them is paramount to heresy. Because of the question, what did it mean to the original reader? That's what's so important about it. Now, it's great to share on this stuff, but there is an intent that it meant to the original reader, and that's where we find the truth. Okay, so we've got to read it multiple times. He talks about a guy that he knows that before he studies or writes on a, on a, on a passage, he reads the entire book 50 times. Not 15, 50. Now that's, now, I get it. Don't start with Jeremiah because there's 55 chapters, okay? It's going to take you all. Start with Jude or one, First John, okay? Read it, you know, read it more than once is my point, okay? Read it, read it. And, and this is what I mean by the process looks busy, but it'll become intuitive because the more you read a passage in, in the book, the more these observations are just going to fall out in front of you. And you go, man, I need to understand that. Then I can answer the question. So we've got, we're going to read, we're going to observe, we're going to look at it from a grammatical historical standpoint, and we're going to look at the definitional questions. Then you're going to flow right into rational questions, okay? Why is this here, okay? And, and there's a long definition of that. I won't spend time. Um, let me look at my time, by the way, because I want to do, I'm going to do one more of these things. Perfect. We've got just enough time to do that. And then you're going to go into implicational questions, Okay? Again, it looks like a lot, but it happens. So it's, this is what's here, why is it here, well, what, is it, what does that mean, okay? And then what does it mean to me is the final stage. What is the last one? Apply. You ever notice when Cliff's 
ends his classes, he always starts with what if on every one of his applications. Every single week he has that up there. We, we teach that in the class. What if? This is the so what. All right, I've done all this. I've got all this data. I've answered the question, what did this mean to the original reader? And then I'm ready to go right into the application. What, is it, what does it mean to me? And you look on your sheet, it'll say it needs to be personal, specific, uh, measurable, and obtainable. Those are the ways you identify the quality of your application. Okay? For instance, I'm, I'm saying I'm going to read the whole Bible four times today. Is that obtainable? No. Okay? Um, I'm going to read. Is that measurable? No. Um, read, that's not personal. You, know, you can't assign your application to someone else. Sometimes we want to, right? but you can't. So that's the concept of this. So the words and the languages in there, um, this is what we teach. We'll teach it again in August, um, and we teach it generally twice a year. Um, that's not intended to be a shameful uh, plug for it, but it kind of is. And so um, we'll, uh, what is a shameful plug anyway? All right, if you like this, come, come see the rest of the class. I wanted you to see that, but now what I want to do is I want to try this again real quickly. Um, let's go over to uh, Matthew chapter 11. I'll have it on the screen here. And we're going to look at, Cliff actually wanted me to go back into this part of it. So I, I've taught a class on this, uh, man, it's been a number of years uh, in here, but we can still utilize it. And it, look at a couple things. I'm going to go quickly, all right? So um, it's 28 through 31. It's the come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Okay, here we go. Let's read it. Let your mind go where you want to. Let's, uh, we got this on the board. I hate the, well, you've got it on there, so. I'll erase this part of it anyway. Okay, here we go. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's read it one more time. This is out of the NASB version, okay? You know why, because Cliff said so. All right, so. <laughs> Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, let's take just a second to do the observation, and then I'm going to drive you through one particular one that's based in history that I think is just fascinating, all right? So what do you, what do you see in this? Uh-huh. Huh? All of it, right? So this is, is this not a great, I mean, one of the, here's the thing I'll invite you to do in this one. Read the passage before this and see what's going on. It really puts an interesting little twist on this. If you'll really read it and understand what's going on right before Jesus says this, it's some fascinating stuff. He, he's kind of getting on some folks a little bit, all right? So you can read that a little bit later, all right? So come, all right, somebody else, what do you see, Doug? Come take rest. Rest. Come take rest. All right, what else? Easy. Um, yoke is easy. All right, somebody else? All. Yeah, where's the word all? Let me see. Come to all who, are, oh yeah, this is it. So it's inclusive, isn't it? Yes. It's very interesting that there's all caps in there. Uh -huh. Very good. All right, all caps. Usually, I've noticed in the NASB version, that's a reference to something in the Old Testament. Usually. Now, not always, but some usually, okay? That's what I've noticed. And it, I, I, it took me a long time to find that. And I studied and I studied, and then finally I just went and asked Cliff. So that's a lot easier. So I don't know why I didn't just do that, right? <laughs> so, that's, that's the way it works, right? So what does that mean? So, anything else? 
All right, let's do this. Look at two words, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna take in a quick history lesson, and then we're gonna finish up class for today. How much time do I got left? I've got five minutes. All right, I can do that quick. Notice these two words, now, and, and I say this because this is an, a, a trap that I fall into a lot. You ever catch yourself reading and you're just glossing over words, okay? So every time you catch yourself doing that, stop. Because almost every time, if I back up at that point in time, I will find something that just blows me away or that really captures I call them little nuggets, right? So look at this. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Weary, heavy, laden, okay? They sound like the same thing, don't they? They're two completely different words. And I'm going to give it to you because we're under time constraint here. Weary, I call this Monday morning, okay? When you get up... Like, if you got a job you don't want to go to, I am weary, right? Oh, i got to go to work. I don't want to go to work. Anybody feel like that, all right? All right. I, used, I had this company I worked for. I won't say who. I was grateful to have the job, but I just didn't fit the environment. I'd owned my own company for 10 years, and I went to work for a $9 billion, very strict company. Didn't fit, all right? So Sunday nights, I was just miserable because I had to do this expense report and sales analysis thing. And I just dreaded that. I was like, oh, money's coming. And I was grateful for the job. Don't hear me wrong. It got me through a really difficult time in my life. But bottom line, that was weary. Heavy laden. This one um, is, this is when you've got this big load on you, right? My wife used to own a boutique. And we would go out and, uh, and she, that, I would go sell women's clothing. I think I've told you that four times a year. And I was really good at it, all right? So kind of funny, but I did it. So, and we'd have to set these booze up, like a Fair of the Heart lady. You ever been to that? All right, we'd go to Fair of the Heart and Florida. She's not in anymore. She's a nurse now. But uh, we were doing this. And that weekend, that was heavy laden, man. We were carrying these grids that we had to you know, carry those things. That's the difference in those two, right? The difference between being weary. Oh, but if you're weary and heavy laden, so you hear Jesus saying that, come to me. Man, if you're just, if you're just worn out and you've got this load on you that you can't bear, Okay, now, here's the, my, this is why this one's so good to me, and uh, or my favorite verse. This is one about mood, all right? Mood has to do with the type of statements. I've said that before. Is it an imperative statement? We've, we've gone over that. Or is it declarative, all right? And imperative is a command. Declarative is just making a statement, all right? That's the difference. So let's, let's take this first one. Come to me. Is that imperative or is that declarative? Come to me, okay? Okay, that's declarative. What is, and I will give you rest. I'm sorry, that is wrong. That is imperative, but the wrong one. There you go. Let me just totally confuse you before you leave today, all right? All right, and I will give you rest. What is that? Declarative, okay? So what, what is the next phrase? Is it imperative? What is the next phrase, first of all? Is that imperative? Yeah, okay, very good. So take my yoke. Now, here's the history of this. And you may remember this. I taught this a few years ago. It's really cool. They're talking about drafting animals here. How many of you have been to the state fair and seen the drafting animals? It's fascinating. Man, when those horses go around, when they have their competitions and they put those weights and they pull, man, when they hit that, you just see their muscles bulge, right? And they just, boom. It is so cool to watch. And these animals love this because you just watch, they just spring into action. When they hear that click of that metal, they know what they're supposed to do and they just engage it. Some people think it's mean. I, I don't go there. I, I've watched it, man. They just, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're pulling this stuff, right? So take my yoke. 
That's what Jesus, take my yoke. So Jesus, in this concept of weary and heavy laden, Jesus is saying, take my yoke. And the, the word study on this, it's not like you gotta go pick up the yoke. It's like Jesus has lifted the yoke up. All you gotta do is walk underneath it and it's ready, okay? So here's the history. My buddy had two of those massive horses. His name is Jay Parks, owns a ranch out in Guthrie, and, or uh, Luther rather, and he, he raises these two horses. They were called, named Tina and Penny. since uh, uh, sold them. And they were massive, big horses. And he told me about this, right? Do you know how many pounds one of those horses can pull by itself? 8,000 pounds, one horse, okay? So if I got, uh, if I got one horse, okay, that pulls 8,000, if I put two together, Tina and Penny together, how much can they pull? 24,000 pounds. Isn't that interesting, all right? So... If we, if we yoke with Jesus, our ability to handle these weary and heavy laden times and pull heavy weight of life is greater, but there's more. Is there another imperative in this, in this passage? Learn. learn from me. That's the one I, up until a few years ago, I had never seen. Learn from me, all right? Learn from me is where the power of this verse comes. Because if you take those same two animals, and I'm going really fast with this, I'm sorry. Those same two pulling horses, you, you yoke them together and give them the time to learn from each other, they can pull 32,000 pounds. Now, Jesus says, come to me if you're weary or heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But it isn't interesting, it's not his intention to leave us at rest, is it? Sometimes we think that. We're going to go back to work. But Jesus gives us an opportunity to work a different way. And he says, if you'll, if you'll here, I'm going to lift this. You come, come take this yoke and, and work with me. But then he says, if you'll learn from me, you really want to pull the heavy things in life? Learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isn't that passage beautiful? I just love that. Man, thanks for being here today. Thanks for letting me teach. Let's pray and I'll get you out. Thank you very much. Father God, we thank you for these words. I am so grateful, Father, that your word is not see, spot, run. I say that all the time. I'm glad it's, it's difficult because we would be bored, Father. Thank you for the challenge that you set before us. And may we truly seek you as silver and search for you as hidden treasures throughout the words of this great gift that you have given us, Father. Thank you so much for what you do in our lives. Father, will you be with us? Will you be our strength and will you be our guide because your burden is easy and our, uh, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Have a great week.